Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now, you're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. I'd be lying if I was saying there weren't a lot of days um, when I didn't I didn't think it was going to happen. Um, but, you know, you just kind of keep pushing through, you know, and I, and I always felt like, uh, when I had my darkest moments, there was always something around the corner that happened that, that I just kept kept kind of plugging along, and all of a sudden I made a big a big gain or a big step or, or something clicked, and you know, and then I kind of keep marching, and, and you know, and I felt like it would repeat itself, and all of a sudden, no, then I I'd, I'd make another you know another jump, um, and and for me, obviously the biggest ones have been the last you know six eight weeks, you know, just getting out on the field and really doing it and knowing that I can and doing it consistently. Alex Smith, Washington football team quarterback, one of the great comeback stories of all time, completed yesterday, Chris, when Alex Smith pressed into service following the injury to Kyle Allen. And it was a moment. I I just wish that the stadium had been full so he could receive the proper gratitude and appreciation for the inspiration that he's provided in coming back from arguably the worst injury we've ever seen, all those surgeries, infection that nearly claimed his leg and his life, and he never gave up his family in attendance. Imagine what they've gone through, constantly worrying about when is everything going to be the same again? When's dad going to be the same? Is dad ever going to be the same? Is dad going to live? Um, it just, just a great, great story and an inspiration to anyone who needs a lift at any time because he's been through it worse than anyone has been through it. And and I just think that that's something that a lot of us can point to when we're having a bad day and say, you know what, that 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 is a shining example of how you handle yourself in tough spots. Yeah, it is. I mean, he, he's always done a great job of handling himself the right way. He really has. He's a great guy. We know that. You know, he's very professional. He's been through a lot. That was really cool to see. It was awesome that his family was there, even though they're the backup. I mean, that's, hey, being the family or – being the family of the backup quarterback or the starting quarterback, it's not easy. It's an emotional roller coaster. And uh, that was cool that they got to see their dad go back out there. And, I mean, hey, he got some great testing points for his leg. I mean, really early on, he had Aaron Donald on his back giving him a piggyback ride. And that made me feel good. I really, because I was sitting there going, oh, just go down, go down. I, you know, I was worried about his leg. But he was fine, and he took a few hits through the, during the day. Uh, that, that made me feel more comfortable, and it's just good to see that, that he got to play and back out there, like you said. Well, and, and we're in the superlative segment like we do every Monday during this season. This one is the Start, scri- uh, start Writing the Script Award because there will be a movie at some point. Disney, I've always said Disney. I guess I should say Universal. There'll be a Universal movie at some point about Alex Smith and everything he's gone through over the past couple of years. And I talked to him after the game. That was my one guy that I got to talk to him after this game, win or lose. And usually we only talk to guys from teams that have won. And he was almost didn't get him because he was pissed off. They lost, you know, I mean, he's still a competitor. This isn't my victory lap. We didn't win. Right. That's not what he said, but that was kind of the, the, the attitude we had to, we had to work through to get him on the phone. 
He said it was, and you heard that in the clip, the last six to eight weeks where he knew he could do it because he's back in pads. He's back. In, that's when it finally became real to him that he was going to play again. And he was concerned about taking that first hit because think about it. Practice, they wear the yellow jersey in Washington. You don't touch the quarterback. No preseason this year. This was his first opportunity for contact. And he said, I've spent the last two years trying not to fall down. You're right. Right? So, so when he's giving Aaron Donald a piggyback ride, that's when he knows I'm good to go. I mean, talk about the ultimate test of his lower leg strength. You've got this guy on your back who is one of the great defensive players of all time, and he's heavy. And you, you give him a ride for a few steps before you go down. That made him feel like he is back and he can get it done. And now the question is just getting into the form that he was in a couple of years ago, if he can do that. That's the big if. He's 36. Can he get back to where he was two years ago? If he can, as I said earlier in the show, Washington can be a force this year. Yeah, yeah. We'll see where they where he gets here, uh, and and we'll see where they go this week. I mean, I, I don't know what they'll do. It sounds like Ron Rivera made the comment that if Kyle Allen's healthy, he'll be the starter, but I, I don't know. Uh, but either way, with your, like, writing the start writing the script, you can also start writing the script for comeback player of the year uh, banquet speech, too, because he's going to be that guy. That's already in the books and done. All right. Um, hey, did you see that DK Metcalf last night? He's pretty good, right? Who? DK Metcalf. You heard of him? That guy yes. that was, yeah, uh, you know, yeah, running so, all yeah. over your Vikings, yeah. right? Yeah. Hey, hey, can I just say something real quick? Because I know we're going to talk about Chase Claypool and we talk about DK Metcalf. Last night on the digital thing that we do after the halftime, uh, where it's Tariko and Dungey and Rodney Harrison and me, I, I tried to get you hired by somebody as a general manager. I mean, you're all over Lamar Jackson in 2018. He falls to 32. You're all over DK Metcalf in 2019. He falls to the bottom of round two. You're all over Chase Claypool this year. He's the 11th overall pick in the draft. Somebody's going to hire you to be a general manager. They should. That may be my only way to get rid of you. Uh, they should. I was all over my home, too, so don't, don't forget that. That's my shining one there, but I that's where I want to go. Well, it's go. good that you're humble about <laughs> it. Yeah, well, if you're going to you know, do it, I might as well join in with you. <laughs> but... That's exactly where I wanted to go. I mean, you saw DK Metcalf. Well, here we go. We got DK part two on the East Coast, okay? And that's Chase Claypool. For what he did yesterday for the Pittsburgh Steelers, four touchdowns. And, again, you just see the person, the player, the specimen he is. It's very similar to DK Metcalf that way. You know, can catch a screen, break tackles, run for a touchdown. Catch a slant, run away from everybody at 235 pounds. Nobody can catch you. You know, speed sweep, Tyreek Hill style. Get him out on the edge. He can fly. Touchdown that way. He is a real weapon. And, you know, he, to he told you some things. He didn't He didn't even know he was going to be the focal point of the game plan, but he got it happened that way. And now I just don't know. If, I, I wonder, this is going to be the jump start. I would think Pittsburgh watches this film and then goes, all right, it's official. I know he's a rookie, but he's really damn good. We got to start making more plays for this guy in the weekly game plan. And I talked to him for a solid five minutes yesterday, and I'd never talked to him before. He is engaging. Yeah. He's, he's got a little sense of humor, and, and he's willing to show it on Twitter. He's going to end up with a lot of followers on Twitter. He had the 7-Eleven tweet after the game. 7-Eleven, always open. And, and I said, did you pick 11 just for that? <laughs> he said, yeah, I did. I did. I've been saving that tweet. And then he said, no, 11 different reasons. Like he wore 83 and – at Notre Dame, eight plus three is eleven. There's things and family connections and stuff, but it works out well. And he was all over it. And then the shade at the goat. This one was awesome. I said last night, retire the internet after this one. Tom Brady holding up the four <laughs> fingers with <laughs> the morphing amazing. of Chase Claypool on top with the four <laughs> touchdowns. Well done, Chase Claypool. He didn't do that one until after I talked to him. That's a good. I one. love that one. <laughs> and 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 this kid, this kid is just a breath of fresh air. He um. He, he didn't, as you said, know he was going to be a huge part of the game plan. It was when Deontay Johnson got hurt, he had to step up, and he steps into four touchdowns, and it would have been a fifth. He had an offensive oh, pass interference call. That was that a bad call. Him. Yeah, he was upset about that. That would have been five. Now, after who knows if he would have gotten the yeah, fifth right, one after right. that. That would have been four at the time, but he still could have had another one because we saw that he did have another one. And uh, – he, he didn't realize somebody has had six, so he was kind of joking, but kind of not that maybe that's something he'll try to do someday. Not not that, and, and he doesn't strike me as a guy who's in it for his own accolades and, no, and, I don't and think uh, so. achievements. Because I said, hey, look, you know what? It's it's They're going to be paying attention to you now. You're not going to catch up uh, anyone by surprise. And he said, uh, that's fine. If, if I have a safety over the top 
all the time on top of the corner that's covering me and somebody else can have a huge game, that's good. I don't care if I have zero catches or 10 as long as we win. And I know it's cliche, but it's still refreshing to hear the yeah. cliche instead of give me the damn ball or just give me a, you know, I want the ball. Even if I'm double covered, throw me the ball, I'll still score a touchdown. The idea that he gets it and understands how football works. And if somebody else ends up having the four touchdown game, he's fine with it. He, do, he does get it. He does. I, I just, you know, can speak to experience, getting to know him a little bit at Notre Dame. You know, like you said, he's got a great way. He's got charisma, everything like that. And then he's a football player. I mean, on a few of those plays, he had touchdowns and then was on the ensuing kickoff because he had to go down there and make tackles and, and, and pursuit there. You know, that's what he did at Notre Dame. And yeah, he's, uh, he's got it all to be the superstar and be that guy that, you know, we talk about like DK Metcalf or other top receivers in football. He certainly does. He's got the physical ability. And to your point, I think he's got the mental awareness of, yeah, he loves it, but it's not all about him. He knows it's a team thing coming from Notre Dame. They instilled that in him and he does a lot of things the right way. All right. What else? Oh, wait, that was You're yours. Up. That I was felt me. like it was mine because I talked so much during <laughs> yours. All right. The next one for me is uh and and look we we try to be positive with these but but uh this one's unavoidable the, the, this is the where is it hold on to your butts award do you like that <laughs> yeah. this this is this goes to the San Francisco 49ers who are now 2 and 3 and we've alluded to this in the past but it is upon us and more importantly it is upon them now with all the questions they have about that team Jimmy G, should he have played yesterday? Should he have not played? Is he going to play going forward? Is it C.J. Beathard? Where's Nick Mullins? Is he in the doghouse permanently? Well, they better figure it out because next Sunday night on NBC at 8.20 p.m. Eastern, Whoa. it's the Rams. And then the next week, it's the Patriots Whoa. in New England. And then the next week, it's the Seahawks in Seattle. Whoa. And then the next week, it's the Packers. Did I say whoa? On Sunday night football. Oh, no, that's Thursday night football. And then the week after that, it's the Saints. Wow. Right? Whoa. And and those five games, those are the next five games until they take their bye. All five of them are prime time or in the 425 p.m. Eastern slot. Mm. So the world is going to be watching what the 49ers do for the next five weeks. And nobody associated with the 49ers is going to want the world to see what the 49ers do if they did more of what they did yesterday when they lost 43-17 to the Miami Dolphins. And then after their bye, it's the Rams and the Bills. And the Bills game is Monday Night Football. Six of this seven-game gauntlet from hell are nationally televised games. And this team right now, Chris, is teetering on the brink of implosion. And I remember last year when they had like, like, they had like two or three really tough games and we were like, ooh, we'll see what they are. These seven games, I would wish on no one. It's brutal. It really is. And, you know, again, yesterday playing bad, uh, you just – they lose two, you know, two weeks ago to the Eagles where they play poorly. I mean, they just left that game out there for Philadelphia. They outplayed them. They just did dumb stuff. And now you have a day where you actually show up and don't play well. Wow. I mean, that was a bad loss. There's no doubt about it. I don't know what other, what other way to say it. And – you know, the thing I'm worried about, I just hope they didn't sacrifice Jimmy G yesterday to where now he's not good enough to be good this week or down the stretch of, you know, tough football games that they got coming up because he's clearly was not ready for action yesterday. I mean, from the get-go, Coach, Coach Dungy and I, we were sitting there in the control room like you were watching it all, and it just from the get-go, it looked not sharp, not crisp. The ball never, like like Kyle Shanahan said in the clip, you know, before we started this segment, I, I've seen him throw the ball before, you know, the last few years. He doesn't throw the ball like that. Yeah, because he could not push off with that back right leg. He he could not. You could see. And it led to the ball not having a lot of steam on it, a lot of wobblers. We saw the ball just float in the air. Nor could he move around in the pocket and kind of make those, you know, real subtle Jimmy G, oh, I slide and throw a little sidearm or whatever it is. He couldn't do any of that. So, uh, I just hope he's okay and ready to go next week. What? Timeout. Uh, haven't we been over this before? Subtle? Did I it's say not, subtle? You said, you said subtle. Yeah, you said subtle. I thought I did. Um, yeah, nothing subtle about no. uh, your command of the English language, that's for sure. All right, but but yeah, look, I, look, I, I think I'm, I picked the 49ers to be like a seven seed or something like that. Yeah. That's, that's a stretch right now. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, look, Super Bowl hangover, a lot of expectations, the injuries, and and we thought we thought they they were working their way through the injuries. Well, they were playing the Jets and the Giants. It's all changing now. And again, two and three, seven ridiculously difficult games coming up, and that may seal their fate for twenty twenty. All right, Chris, what else do you have? Joe Mama ain't happy. All right. You you talked to Joe Burrow last week. You asked him if his mom was Worried about all the hits he was taking. She said, oh, yeah, you know, he's she's used to it. She's seen me play a long time. She couldn't have been happy yesterday, all right, because the damn Bengals and Joe Burrow, they ran into a pissed-off Ravens defense, that's for sure. The Ravens defense was out, you know, out of this world good yesterday, whether it was creative blitzes, coverage, but the Cincinnati Bengals could not do anything and a few times had some field position to where you go, oh, maybe they can, you know, it's 17-0. It was 17-0 for a very long time to where you thought, oh, maybe they'll, you know, get three, get six here. But no, suffocating, just all over Joe Burrow all day long, no no room for, for Mixon to run. And then, of course, that led to some interceptions and some turnovers. But uh, either way, that Ravens defense was really good yesterday and a day where the offense wasn't necessarily big play or that fun to watch. Uh, the defense kind of won that one for them. I had that one on my list as well as the Disrespect Your Elders Award because Lamar Jackson is younger than Joe Burrow. That's and that was crazy. something that I remember we knew last year when Lamar Jackson's winning the MVP award and Joe Burrow wins the Heisman. It was the first time in however long, if not ever, that the Heisman winner was actually older than the NFL MVP. Well, that was their first encounter yesterday. Burrow is indeed older than Lamar Jackson so Lamar Jackson did not respect his elder and that was a that was a, an ugly game and look the Bengals are going to get their wins they just need a lot of help around Joe Burrow and it was obvious the way it played out yesterday Chris and I think that they're a couple of drafts away and to your point to your point trade AJ Green yeah just move on from him right move on from him um and and, and look I I don't want to be overly critical of someone's effort when an offensive player quickly becomes a defensive player because there are financial reasons for protecting yourself. But if you see the clip of A.J. Green after the interception, oh. first of all, just just the, the it was it was loaf city to try to track down the defender. And then at the end, there was this weird thing like he was completely running as hard as he could away from any and all potential contact. It was a strange little clip. And. Uh, you know, if the ship is sailed in Cincinnati, get what you can. If Mohamed Sanu was worth a second-round pick last year at the trade deadline, if Emmanuel Sanders was worth a third-round pick, I'd like to think you at least get a two for A.J. Green No this question. Year. Get it and move on and use that piece to build the team that you need around Joe Burrow next year. Yeah, I think so. I mean, to me, you know, again, I don't want to say they don't need him, but they don't need him that way. They They don't. You know, they got other weapons at receiver that they can kind of just, yeah, let's flourish together. Joe Burrow, the young running back, everything, all of that. A.J. Green kind of seems out of place with, you know, the old Bengals, the, the team that went to the playoffs five years in a row. I still think he's got talent. I don't know if the system necessarily fits him the way, uh, it, you know, it should either to where it's not a great system fit. They're not getting the ball. He does have talent still. He's a great asset. They should try to trade him, in my opinion, so – uh, I'm with you. Who's up here? Is this you or me? I'm up. I'm okay. up. Th th this is the five for five award. Uh, and, and this is the, the guy who's not much taller than five feet, Kyler Murray. He is now the fourth quarterback in NFL history to have five rushing touchdowns in his first five games. And, you know, the one yesterday wasn't nearly as filthy as the one from a week or two ago where he does the double juke that I don't think I could replicate at any time. And I don't no, even understand what can't. he did so with worry. his body. <laughs> I can't even explain it. I can't even begin to even, like, the, the, the these, this nasty double, double yeah. cut that he did. Right. But, uh, he, he, look, he is such a weapon, and I hope they figure out how best to harness him how best to use him, how best to counter what the defenses are doing. They got a huge win yesterday over the Jets, and it was good to see them win a game that they were supposed to win because they lost a couple of games that I thought they were supposed to win. I'm still trying to figure out where this team is, but but they're 3-2. and two, Yeah. Right? And 3-2 and two puts them in the mix for a wild card berth. You've got the Seahawks at 5-0, and oh, the Rams at 4-1, and one, and there are the Cardinals at 3-2, and two, a game ahead of the – 49ers with a tiebreaker in hand over the 49ers. So 
Uh, he joins, and and let's see if you can just let's say this isn't a full blown trivia question. Let me see if you can guess sure. any of the other three quarterbacks who had five rushing touchdowns in their first five games of a season. All right. Well, I'm going to go with Mike Vick. Maybe. Yeah, I'm going to go with Mike. No, Vick. no. Okay. No, he's gone. Okay. What a. Um, no. Wow. Uh, How about one that's still currently playing? Wow. It should be oh, fairly Lamar obvious. Jackson there. Yes, right. No. Oh. No, another one. No. Another one who's played longer and had more chances to have five <laughs> touchdowns in five seasons. Cam Newton oh, in his rookie year. There we go. Cam Newton did it <laughs> in his rookie there. year. The other two yeah. are Steelers quarterbacks. Huh. All right? Tell me who they are. Uh, Cordell Stewart. Yes. Okay. And then, wow, who would that other one be? Um, <laughs> I, I I really have no idea who who would it be. Who quarterback sneaked their way to five touchdowns? Terry Bradshaw is that right? Seventy two. Wow. The year of the immaculate reception. Terry Bradshaw five touchdowns in the first five games. I don't even think he was the starting quarterback then, which makes it even more impressive. They had Terry Hanratty. They had Joe Gillum. They had Terry Bradshaw. It was a weird few years for the Steelers before they finally settled on the guy who was their first overall pick in the draft uh, or a first round pick, first overall first round, something like that. They know who we mean. You got any more? Yeah, I do. I want to give the. Um, are you for real? Are you for real? Like, seriously, are you guys teasing me or not? Are you for real? Because I'm starting to think you're for real, and I'm kind of getting excited. Cleveland, I'm starting to believe Cleveland. I mean, the Cleveland Browns, come on. That was awesome yesterday. I mean, first off, I didn't think they could win that football game. I didn't. The way the Colts defense have been playing, you know, I picked the Colts. I picked the Colts to be one of the best bets of the week. Saw pretty early on, though, that I was going to be wrong about that damn one. Knew that. Right away. I mean, Cleveland just, I, I mean, full team win. I think that's what I'm surprised by. It really wasn't like, oh, they dominated in the run game or did this. Like, it was a little bit of everything. You know, Odell, big pass. Jarvis, you know, some big catches. Baker made a few plays. Run game was good enough. But I think the surprise of the day to me more than anything is the Cleveland Browns defense. That has been all over the place early this year. And, they really shut down a Colts offense that's been pretty damn good and, and is pretty balanced, too, with their run attack and their ability to throw the football. So I, I just saw that game yesterday, and, like, yeah, I picked the Colts to win. Would I have been shocked Cleveland w wins? No, but I'm shocked, I guess, in the way they won it and the fact that they really controlled the game kind of from get-go, and the Colts never got in rhythm. So from that aspect, I just go, uh-oh, Cleveland – they got something going here, and I feel like you can kind of see it on their team and their belief, and they're just there's a little different aura with the Browns this year than we've seen in recent history. Oh, oh, a lot different aura, Chris, because it dawned on me yesterday to take a look at their record from past years. 2015, three wins. 2016, one win. 2017, no wins. That adds up to a record of 4-44. and 44. So – from 2015 through 2017, the Browns 4 and 44. This year, 4 and 1. For a 43 game improvement by the Cleveland Browns. It is incredible and their fans deserve it and more is coming. Big test next week at Pittsburgh. Yeah. But listen listen to the rest of the schedule for the Bengals or for the Browns rather. And and let's they they already got four wins in the bank. Right? Even if they lose to Pittsburgh next week, they go to Cincinnati. They should win that game. The Raiders come to town. That's a playoff rematch back from one of the few years when the Browns were good. Brian Seip threw right. an interception in the end zone against the, the Raiders in that game. 1980, I think it was. Yep. And it's not all that hard to remember Browns playoff highlights because there haven't been that many. Uh, then, look at this. After the bye, week nine. Look at these games. Texans win. Eagles win at Jaguars win at Titans. Okay, if they play that game, that's probably a loss. Ravens, okay. But then Giants and Jets back-to-back -back week 15, week 16. I see six, seven more wins for the Browns. Yeah. I, 10 I, and 6, 11 and 5. Are you kidding me? I think they got a chance. But that offensive line, you know, the running backs they still got. Baker Mayfield in the passing game. I don't even think that's really clicking yet. And then the defense seems to be getting more accustomed to the scheme itself. Miles Garrett's a superstar. 
You know, Richardson in the middle is a he's really awesome. A guy we don't talk about enough, Sheldon Richardson. You know, so there's a lot of things to like about the football team. And yeah, I you know, I had my doubts about Kevin Stefanski. He has proved me wrong for sure here. And uh, they, I think they got something going. They're going to be there. You're right, because of the way they play and that schedule, they've set themselves up here to almost. You, you, they would have to have a huge monumental crash for us not to be talking about them in December right now to where we, they're, they're in the playoff conversation as we're going, going down the home stretch. And one last note, this year's first interim head coach, Romeo Cornell, the oldest coach in NFL history at 73, older than George Hallis when he last coached, gets the win for the Houston Texans over the Jaguars. And a, a strange a bit of history made by the Jaguars. They're the first team to lose four straight games to winless teams. Wow. Uh, which is just bizarre. But every they, they beat the Colts week one. Every game since then, they've lost. And every team they've lost to, their first uh, win of the season. Here's J.J. Watt. Fun exclamation point. Finally, three exclamation points. Is that a is that is that just relief over the fact that they finally won a game? I or is that uh, something else? That seems like it's a little bit more than just relief over the final game. Does it not? I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, we, we did start the week last week talking about a guy and the scuffle between him and the head coach and all of that type of stuff that went on apparently. So either way, I'm sure it is fun they won. I do think that might have been a little shot across the uh, bow to Billy O'Brien too. Yeah, and, and look, hey. They, they, they've turned around whatever vibe it was that infected the early part of their season. They got a long way to go, but the Chargers did it back in 1992, starting 0-4 and making it to the playoffs. And this year, there's another playoff spot for the first time ever. There's seven in the AFC, so who knows what the Texans will do. All right, we're going to take a break. When we return, some major surgery on the NFL schedule to accommodate a game that needed to be delayed, plus the Monday Clarence Beaks crop report on whether or not there are any more positives in Tennessee or New England. We'll give you all that information. when The oranges are frozen. It's not a good year. Clarence Beaks said so. The National Football League had to move around eight total games to accommodate the fact that the Broncos-Patriots game needed to be postponed because there was a new positive test. That was as of yesterday. A new positive test for the Patriots yesterday. A new positive test for the Titans yesterday. That's Sunday. As of Monday, the good news is this. Patriots, no new positive cases. Titans, no new positive cases. And here's the thing to keep in mind. The Titans... Haven't been in their facility for the last two weeks. Yeah. They were there briefly one day last week. To have somebody test positive over the weekend, it doesn't fit with any type of timeline that would apply to when they were in the building together. Right. Same thing with the Patriots. The player who tested positive yesterday hadn't been in the building since the prior Friday, except for a brief amount of time this Friday, and it's not long enough to go through the incubation period. So, you know, here's the reality. Guys are catching this out in the communities. Yeah. If you haven't paid attention, the numbers are going up. And unless and until the NFL finds a way to keep guys from getting it in the communities, they are going to get it in the communities, and they're going to test positive. And there may be a cluster of guys who test positive on, a, on the same team who have never given it to each other. Yeah. They're all getting it elsewhere, but it looks like an outbreak. The Titans at this point, these positives, the most recent one, not part of the outbreak. The Patriots don't believe they have an outbreak. The only way that they think their guy may have gotten it would have been last Monday night in that dinky locker room in Kansas City. That's the only path that would have been plausible and logical for the player who tested positive Saturday to have ended up catching the virus, Chris. Yeah, uh, we'll see where this goes. I mean, we we know it's it's out there in the community. I mean, yes, it's it's out there. We got to worry about it. Just guys getting it outside the football facility, whatever that is. Uh, again, I, I'm just worried. We're running out of wiggle room already. Here we are. I mean, I don't know how much wiggle room we have after all these moves we saw. I can't even keep up with all the schedule changes they made this week. I'm just going to watch football games when they're on. I don't really know. But, like, I feel, again, for teams like Buffalo, I just – I don't – this is where, to me, it's totally unfair to those teams. You know, Pittsburgh went through it last week. But here's Buffalo going to play on Tuesday night. 
play a short week Monday night game now. They gave him one extra day and moved it to Monday night, but still a short week. And then play another short week because they played Monday night because now they'll have to play Sunday again. And so they've had three, they're going to have three consecutive games affected because of one team. Because of one team. And again, right. to me, that's not fair to the other teams. And that's where I'll continue to go back to until we get in a bubble or they just give these teams a loss and move on. They're never going to do that. They're yeah, never going to give forfeits. Yeah. Uh, unless there is some sort of egregious, over-the-top, deliberate violation of protocol, they're not going to give forfeits because I think they still would have to pay the players and they don't want to pay the players for forfeited games that aren't played. If games aren't played, they want to cancel them with no winner and no loser. That's one of the main reasons why there won't be forfeits. But, but Chris, look, I, I just want to nudge back. Yeah. The Bills had two extra days to get ready for this game that is still on for Tuesday night, especially now the Titans have had no new positives. They don't have to do the four-day turnaround for the Chiefs. Now, the Chiefs don't have to either. The Chiefs get a little benefit here. They get a little extra time That's what to I get mean. ready for your boy, Blue. All right. But but the Bills don't have to go Sunday to Thursday this year. They go Sunday to Tuesday, Tuesday to Monday, Monday to Sunday. I, you, you may have some folks who would say, you know what, I'll take that over a Sunday to Thursday turnaround. Yeah, you know what? I can't lie. I forgot they were originally supposed to play the Thursday game. So you're right, and now I have to do the math in my head to figure out how many games that would be in three days as compared to this. They're still going to play three games, all right, in the next 12 days, right? And right. I, don't, I don't know if that would have gone shook, shook and shaken down that way if they had kept the schedule the normal way. I don't think it would have, but either way, it's just tough. I, and again, we're, we're, we're getting to like what you've said all along. Bye weeks are going away. And here we are, and I just don't know where this all goes, and I'm, I worry about it from that aspect. Here's what the league's trying to do. The league is trying to get 17 weeks, 256 games. And what happens is, somebody told me this yesterday, whenever there's a glitch in the matrix that is the NFL schedule, yeah. there's a button that Howard Katz, the schedule guru, presses that kicks out all the options. If you have to move this game to here, what other things must you do to make it work? Right. So it's not like somebody's sitting around with a giant spreadsheet with all the schedules cross-referencing. They've got, they've built into the hardware or the software as the case may be. The software is the thing that's in the hardware. But you know who we mean. They've built in a program that allows them to find out immediately. So you pick a game. We got to move this game. What else has to happen to accommodate it? And that's all premised on bye weeks being still around. Once the bye weeks go away, it becomes impossible to move games around unless you have somebody play two games in the same week, which is never going to happen. So they are resisting going to that 18th week as long as they can. It's in play. It's definitely in play, but they're not going to do it until they have to do it for a couple of reasons. Reason number one, once they start doing it, you may get some teams that, that, that kind of exhale a little bit and think we don't need to be as vigilant. Mm, right. We've got some buffer. We've, we're okay. Hey, you know what? Maybe we'd like another bye week. Hey, it's not that bad of a thing. If we have to play an extra game at the end of the season, it'd be nice to have another week off. No, no, you don't want that because then what happens is you only have limited opportunities for that 18th week. All it takes is one team that would have to reschedule two games and week 18 becomes week 19 and I think you know they don't want to even they don't even want to go there yeah and even mention week 19 until they absolutely positively have to and they don't want to get to week 18 until they absolutely positively have to I think they can add two more weeks to the season if they need to I think it's constructed in a way that allows it to happen and you still get the Super Bowl in at some point in February yeah but they don't want to do that. And the other thing, too, is, and we talked about this last week, if you tack a week on to the end of the season and the teams that earn the first-round buys don't play, that two-week break becomes a three-week yeah. break. And I don't know if that's good for anybody. No. So well, Chris Mad Dog Russo's idea of taking week 17 and making it week 18 and playing the makeup games week 17, I think, makes a, makes a ton of sense. And uh, I have a feeling that's what they'll ultimately do. Week 17 becomes week 18, make-up games week 17, assuming we can get it all done in one week. But I feel like, Chris, it's coming. It's coming. Look what they had to do yeah. just to move Broncos-Patriots from this week to next week. It was seven total games 
that got affected by that. Yeah, I, I, I yes, that that's what I, I do worry about. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I don't want it to get there because then I'm afraid that, like, like to what you were saying a little bit, you know, you start getting into, ooh, we're making extra games, everything like that. I want to see the playoffs at their best, and I know we're doing the best we can here at this point to make it all happen, but uh, – We'll see. We'll see. Hopefully, the big question was, Is this was this past week the wake-up call for the rest of the league to kind of go, wait, okay, crap, we all got to get back to, like, you know, being really strict with this. We all got loose and relaxed a little. Went through three weeks, and we just thought, okay, we're, we're beating Corona. NFL's got great protocols, and it, it fell apart this past week, as we saw. So hopefully uh, this will get players to be a little bit more strict and everybody maybe think twice about what they're doing. When the NFL was publishing all of the positive numbers about the negative test, you're yeah. going to get that positive yeah. negative right. But it was positive that there were so many negatives. A coach texted me, basically, will they please shut up? It's like, what do you mean? You're going to make guys complacent, and it's just a jinx. Yeah. You're setting it because you know there's going to be an issue at some point. And that's the thing. We are getting toward cold and flu season. People are going to be indoors more. They're going to be spreading it indoors. I firmly believe, based upon everything I've heard over the past seven months, and it's hard to know what to believe because everything seems to conflict at some level, but the more time people are indoors, breathing the, the air that is getting recirculated, that's the greater chance of catching it from someone. Outdoors, it's a lot harder to have enough of the virus to infect you with it. Indoors, it's a lot easier. And that's what we're moving toward. And so, the, the, look, Chris, and, and, and this is a point that we made last night on Football Night in America, and I'm glad we did because nope, I, I, at the risk of sounding like someone who always says nobody's ever talking about this, even though they are, nobody is talking about the subtext between the union and the league. Yeah. There's a poker, there's a poker game right. going on. And they're both putting on their best – who was the guy in Rounders? The John Malkovich played. What was his name? Oh, that ate the Oreos. I that know. was his tell. He twisted the Oreos. Yeah, right. Uh, Teddy KGB. Yeah, Teddy, Teddy KGB, KGB. Right. Right. Everybody's doing their best. Their best. Right. And the NFL does not want because here's how it works: collective bargaining. The NFLPA currently has the right to say, "Our guys live at home. What are you talking about? They just work for you. They're not 24 hour a day employees." You 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 want them to go into a hotel for the, that? Wait, that's what we're doing now. We're changing dramatically how the employment relationship works, and you're going to put them in a hotel for the next three months and longer if they make it to the playoffs. Well, well, let's start the bidding. What are what is it worth to you to get us to agree to an unprecedented restriction on the freedoms of these individuals to be with their families, to go home, to leave work? Nobody's 24-hour-a-day employee nonstop for three or four months except the military, and they know what they signed up for when they signed up for it. So the union wants something. The NFL doesn't want to give them anything. The NFL's waiting for the union to eventually realize, Chris, oh, crap. Yeah. They cancel games. We're losing our game checks. Right, that's what, what I What can mean. we do? Yeah. What can we do? Right. Right. And, and, and a GM told me yesterday, and I think this is a very smart point, they are going to have to lose some game checks. Before they home. would say, well, okay, you know what? The only way this is going to work yeah. is if we go live in a hotel for the rest of the year. And the th with each passing week, it's less time they'd have to spend in the hotel. So there's a, there's a, a, a point there. There's a tipping point where games get postponed and maybe can't be made up. Players lose game checks. There isn't much time left in the season. Okay, fine. We'll go into a hotel. Yeah, okay. All right. Yeah, I, I mean, you're right. It's most likely going to take that for the players to change. Uh, you know, the other the other thing I'll say, we'll see where that goes. I hope it doesn't get to that. But I would hope that the NFL right now is also making arrangements for like the playoffs to be that way. I really would get to the playoffs. We don't we, we can't be doing this. You're in the playoffs. You're in a bubble. Sorry. We'll see when the playoffs are over for everybody, family, f friends, everything like that. I just think that's another thing that's got to be discussed as we go forward. So we're not, you know, playing a wild card weekend and then, hey, it's three weeks later. Welcome to divisional re weekend uh, here. We've, we haven't played football in three weeks, but here we go. Oh, yeah, I'm sure we'll see great top end playoff type football that way. So I worry about that, too. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Well, two quick points, though. Yeah. One, th there's a belief among some coaches you won't need to have an agreement between the league and the union for a playoff bubble because the teams that give a crap 
They're all going to go stay it. in a hotel. Yeah, gotcha. It's just for a right. few weeks. Right. Let's go do it. We're chasing. We're chasing a legacy here. We want a Super Bowl ring. We'll right. do it. And and secondly, you know, this idea that keeps getting thrown around from time to time, and I see it all over the place. Just pressing pause on the season for two weeks to figure out what's going on. How do you keep guys in football shape? That's, like if you have two or three weeks between playoff weekends, two or three weeks until they come back. You because. You can't just shut down all the facilities because you know what's going to happen? Tom Brady and his guys are going to show up Definitely. at some high school in Tampa. Right. And there ain't going to be any cameras around this time like there was last week in Nashville. Yeah, that, that's been my argument against that all the time. It becomes a player safety issue once again. One, it's not going to stop anything as far as the spread is concerned. The players know they're still going to be held accountable to what they're doing on the football field. So, uh, yeah, you know, Chris Sims, 29 years old. I'm in that shoes. Hey, guys. Yeah, uh, let's. I'll see you over at you know Ramapo High School later today. Let's go throw some balls. Let's let's throw some balls. Let's get some work. DBs, you guys want to come over here too? Cover, get some work, one on ones, do all that stuff. So yeah, of course the players are going to do that. Um, so you know, I I I I don't think that will do anything delaying the season. I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah, they just got to figure this out on the fly and keep keep being very strict with protocol. To summarize, goal number one, get all 256 games played in 17 weeks. Fallback number one and 18th week, they don't want to go there until they absolutely positively have to. And I believe there's a week 19 lingering that they definitely don't even want to put on the radar screen until they first have to go to an 18th week. And it feels inevitable. When you look at all the dominoes that fell to move one game yesterday, Broncos-Patriots by one week, it just shows you that the next one may be the one where they just say, we got to play an 18th week to this season. All right, let's take a break. Sunday surprise draft coming out of the fifth Sunday of the 2020 season. One PFT Live continues right after this. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait but marines will always be there they are the constant in the chaos no matter the battlefield marines adapt to win defeating every shifting threat protecting our nation's future the few the proud the marines the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards the longest field goal ever missed also 76 yards why bring this up because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com, to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. I mean, if you were if you were there day in and day out and saw those guys how how they practiced last week, you wouldn't know what our record was. Adam Gase talking about his own five team that is uh, as bad as they look, and Le'Veon Bell with some passive aggressive actions on Twitter last night. I think he's going to get traded before the deadline. It's just three weeks away. We'll be talking about trades uh, in the coming days because you, the, the planets are going to start to align. And, uh, and I think Le'Veon Bell will be out this time. Last year they had talk, and it didn't happen. This year I think it will happen. What's going to happen now, the Sunday surprise coming out of week five of the 2020 season. Chris, here's the trivia question for you. Derek Carr became the first Raiders quarterback with two touchdown passes of 50 or more yards in the same game since who? Wow. Raiders quarterback. Oh, Raiders quarterback? It is an ex-Raiders quarterback. All right. Uh, Raiders quarterback with two touchdown passes of 50 or more yards. Okay. You have uh, seven seconds. I'm going to say, I'm going to go with like an obscure one here and go Kerry Collins. But there's a connection. Right. Because he played for the Giants at one point, and so did Jeff Hostetler. Oh, hi, guy, yep. Hostetler. The guy, the guy, 
Yeah, I, I guess I could have given you a hint like you once put shaving cream in his shoe. <laughs> nah, that would have been too easy. But yeah, Hostel <laughs> that year, 93, they 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 threw the ball down the field. They really did. I remember that. And of course, I think the Raiders went to the playoffs that year as well. Um, but uh, yeah, so that was 96. Okay, I was thinking of another year. But yeah, okay, I got that. That's, I haven't heard Hosteller's name in a while. He's playing good that year. He didn't have any shaving, shaving cream in his cleats. He was good to go. <laughs> I, I, I really was hoping you would get it right because I hate to do this to you because you, you're responsible for my awareness of what Chase Claypool could do. And yep. you've let millions of others in on the secret. And it's not a secret anymore. But it was a surprise yesterday. Four touchdowns from Chase Claypool and a fifth one that was called back. So uh, give me Chase Claypool. Sorry, Chris. I had to take it. That's all right. That's It's worth taking. Uh, he, he's all yours. Don't worry. All good. There's plenty to go around. I mean, you've heard of Aaron Donald, right? Right? You've heard of him. He had uh, four sacks yesterday. But the surprise was the other guy who had three sacks. No, not Leonard Floyd, not Michael Brockers. How about Troy Reader? Three sacks by the Rams. We didn't get to discuss that game at all. Uh, in depth because of Alex Smith. We kind of went into all that. But, man, that Rams defense, once again, I mean, Aaron Donald, we know he's a superstar. Reader was all over the field, too, making plays. And and Sean McVay, Jared Goff, I mean, it just was uh, poetry in motion yesterday. They just whooped the, the Washington team from the get-go. And, uh, yeah, McVay seemed like he cracked the code on the matrix on that one pretty quickly, and they were up and down the field. Well, and McVeigh, another guy with a history in that organization who's not going to come out and say anything like your guy Kyle did last year. Frankly, I prefer it when, yeah, when right. somebody's willing to stir it up a little bit like Kyle did last year. McVeigh's always going to take the high road, but he was there. He knows. He knows what it's like or what it was like. It's better now, but I'm sure that the fact that it's better now uh, didn't take away any of the steam that he may have had to go back there and take care of business the way that he did. All right, next one for me. And uh, this was a surprise, and it was the, the subject of the trivia question. Derek Carr, got to give him credit. Yeah. Throwing the ball down the field, something we have been waiting for him to do, something John Gruden has been begging for him to do. And maybe it took a game against a Patrick Mahomes, right? Hey, Patrick Mahomes throws it down the field. I better throw it down the field. What's the worst that can happen? Oh, well, it's an interception. I mean, you throw the ball 50 yards down the field, it's like a, it's like a punt. So just, just do it. Just yeah. let it fly and see what happens. And uh, if, he, if, if he can keep doing it, man, you know, they get their bye this week, then they have Tampa Bay on Sunday night football. So he gets another measuring stick game against a great quarterback. He goes from the greatest currently in the game to the greatest of all time. Maybe that'll continue to draw out of Derek Carr what John Gruden has been hoping for for the last two and a half years. Yeah, maybe. Uh, certainly. You know, they, they are a different team when Ruggs is on the field. And you saw they could run the football. We know that with that O-line and everything there to where how can you not be excited about what the Raiders have done? I mean, they, you know, Gruden, Mayock, they've turned around the team. It's close. I'm not saying they're there yet, but they got a lot of the vital pieces already there in place. Really, the only thing I look at on their team and go, just needs to get better, is their D-line. They just got to get some real legit like difference makers up there and uh, watch out for the Raiders. All right. I mean, we're on a surprise. I mean, this is a crap surprise, but it was a surprise. All right. And that's the 49ers, the 49ers defense. I think that's specifically what was shocking to me about that game yesterday. The San Francisco 49ers, Ryan Fitzpatrick went up and down the field on them. Big plays. They attacked their corners who were banged up. There's a lot of backups playing there uh, for the 49ers, and they just had their way all day long. And just not used to seeing the 49ers defense play like that. I mean, Miami ran the ball, threw the ball for big plays, controlled the clock, did anything they really wanted to, and I can't really remember the last time I saw the 49ers defense on their heels like I did yesterday. It was just amazing to see them lose in that fashion. And, yeah. and, and you know, from time to time, what I'll say when I see a team lose like that, that it's, it's, almost, it's almost disqualifying. Like, they, they should just be taken off the board of contenders to lose like <laughs> yeah. that at home right. to a team like the Dolphins. You're disqualified. You're done. No matter what you do the rest of the way. And they're going to have to earn it if they get their playoff spot with that seven-game stretch coming up that we talked about earlier. But that was a stunner. And we got to give the Dolphins some credit. They Brian Flores and company went in there and took advantage of a team that was wounded. And they didn't give them a chance at any time to get in the game. All right. Uh, Alexander Madison. 
That was a surprise to me. Although not really because we saw glimpses of what he could do last year. Right. He had a higher yards per carry average than Dalvin Cook. And, you know, the Vikings ultimately paid Dalvin Cook. I think they really didn't want to because they knew we could always turn to Alexander Madison. And here they are. 112 yards for Madison on 20 carries. 5.6 yards per carry. That average dragged down just a bit. By his final carry of the night, the one that uh, went nowhere when he didn't see that tiny little, that just that little sliver. Yeah. What did Gail Sayers always say? Six just inches of daylight. Inches. I, yeah, Six I, inches of daighlight. I thought was it was. 18 inches, whatever it was. Yeah. Uh, Alec, I think that's what the Vikings gave Alexander Madison last night. If he just noticed that, you know, there was enough room to, to land a jumbo jet off to his right. But, but he still had a good game. And it tells me the Vikings offense will be fine if the MRI that's going to be performed on Dalvin Cook's groin injury today ends up knocking him out at all. They'll be fine with Alexander Madison. Yeah, I, I, I hear you. He's a good player, no doubt. I'm, I'm actually stuck with running backs in my brain here. I mean, I'm down to, to two guys, really. I'm like, you know, Mike Davis in Carolina, but I think I'm going to go to Todd Gurley in Atlanta because we saw Todd Gurley yesterday that we haven't seen in a while. You know, we really did. 121 yards rushing. Broke a few runs that you saw. Whoa, okay. Gurley's still got some speed. Yeah, he might not go 70 and 80 yards to the house like he did in the old days, but he's still got enough to like, oh, he sees a seam or he can bounce around the edge and turn the corner and rip off a 30, 20-yard gain, whatever it is. So that was fun to see. It was encouraging. I felt good for him because I felt like we haven't seen that from Todd Gurley in really about two years, ever since the Super Bowl year for the Rams. Uh, but that was that was a pleasant surprise yesterday. Yeah, and it's weird because it comes on the same day that yeah. they got rid of of everybody, mm -hmm. and uh, and and you know what is it going to mean for these guys all going forward? All right, uh, last one for me, and uh, you know we, we've already talked about the Browns, but, but how can we not say? That what the Browns did yesterday. Um, so wait, was, so oh, I already you, did mine. Well, oh, we're in round uh, four. You want four picks? Oh, uh, never mind. No, oh, no. Okay, all right, no. good. Just one. I, sure. I'm Kid sorry. Kid. I was sitting wait, stressed out Brady because I didn't have any. You? It's one, two, you. one three, two, three, four. Let me tell you what happened. Let me tell you what I happened. Knew it was it's third down all along. Again, oh, fourth for down, anyone I mean. who's tuning in now, <laughs> I don't have jaundice. It's just the filter. Um, but and Mar Mar our good friend Mary in Atlanta, the Eagles fan, she thinks I look green yellow. I'm trying to replicate the Seahawks jerseys from last night. Here's what happened. I ran out of picks, and I was scrambling for another one, and I didn't bother to notice I didn't need another pick. So, so, uh, yeah, one, two, three, four. We're out of time. We we'll see you Good Tuesday. job, Brady. Everybody have a great day. See Enjoy ya. the game tonight. <laughs>